The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Welcome to the Natixis Quarterly Update Podcast, where portfolio managers share their thoughts on the markets and their strategies. My name is Luke Palmer with the Investment Strategies Group here in Natixis, and today I'm fortunate to be joined by Joe Ferrara, Investment Strategist at Gateway Investment Advisors, managers of the Gateway Fund and the Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund. Joe, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Yeah, Luke, th- you know, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So, after a historic first half of the year, Gateway just finished up another strong quarter relative to both stocks and bonds. So, today we'll look to touch on all the things that have benefited the fund thus far in 2023. We'll talk about the third quarter in some detail, and then we can talk about why the current market environment might continue to benefit the strategy. That sounds great. So, Joe, after Gateway had its best first half performance since 1988, the team followed that up outperforming both stocks and bonds during a pretty volatile third quarter. Can you walk us through some of the performance numbers and maybe just a few of the performance drivers thus far this year? Yeah, sure. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, we'll get into kind of the raw materials that make our strategy tick and, and kind of why those, you know, most of those are in our favor right now. Uh, but the Gateway Fund, the Y shares finished the third quarter down 1.48%. Compare that to the S and P 500 for the same time period. That was down 3.27%, um, and the Barclays aggregate, which was down 3.23%. Um, that also brings our year-to-date performance through the end of the third quarter to roughly 9.6%, uh, compared to the S and P that's around 13%, and the Bar Ag that's down 1.2%. So. You know, a little bit around performance. If you think about our strategy, we are a, a defensive equity strategy or a hedged equity strategy. So to remind our listeners, we have a, a basket of stocks that is um, passively managed, quantitatively managed to just mimic and, and match the, the look and the feel of the S&P 500. Um, again, that's on the passive side. And then, you know, Gateway's been around since 1977. We feel our expertise is on the derivative side. Uh, so what we do in this portfolio to maintain that that their defensive equity or low volatility equity strategy is write calls on 100% notional of our portfolio. Typically, those are written at the money and roughly one month time to expiration. Uh, what that does is generate cash flow for our investors. We don't leverage it. We don't do anything kind of odd with that cash. We put it all back into the fund, into the NAV. We do take a little bit of what we earn on the cash side uh, by writing calls and purchase protection. We purchase puts in the portfolio as well. Typically, these are one to three month um, time to expiration at purchase and typically eight to 10% out of the money. Um, that eight, temp- eight to 10% range, you know, based on our historical analysis, is you know, what a, a typical market drawdown would look like um, if we were to have one. And that's the level of protection that we want to uh, add for our investors. We put all this together, and one of our you know kind of key components for our investment strategy is to provide equity-like performance, but with half or less of the risk or standard deviation of the S and P 500. And we've been able to do that you know very consistently. So as you just mentioned, Gateway's widely outperforming fixed income this year. It's outperforming many alternative strategies. It's even outperforming many equity sectors. We know your strategies solve multiple needs when it comes to portfolio solutions. But in terms of a, uh, a type of investor interested in Gateway today, is there is there a common theme you're seeing? Maybe someone who's looking to ease back into equities because they've been parked in T-bills for the last year? 
So I would say kind of if I had to broadly bucket investor types um, in this current environment, I would say there's maybe three broad buckets. The first one is being existing clients that have held the gateway fund or equity call premium for some time. And, at, at, you know, we've been around since 1977. We have investors that have been with us for decades even. Um, and in this market environment, whether it's been, you know, I would just say through the ebbs and the flows of the market environment, um, they're reaching out to say, hey, can you can you remind me what this product is supposed to do? It's, you know, it's doing well. I, I want to make sure I can explain the conversation or have a conversation with my, my investors. Um, the kind of second bucket, I would say, it would be those clients that held us previously and maybe sold out of us when the market was rallying or during quantitative easing when you know there were other products that that looked and felt maybe a little bit better and are coming back to us to say hey i remember you're able to provide a certain profile for my clients whether that's protection whether that's you know the cash flow generation component as a buffer um, so we're having some of those conversations and then we're also, you know, the third bucket is that kind of new investor to strategies like ours. Um, and this is where you can kind of break it down a bit further, a little bit to your question, right? So there's investors that were in equity or are in equity, we should say, and maybe they feel their risk profile is too great right now, right? We had that big kind of magnificent seven rally and obviously largely driven by tech and some of that those growth areas. And they're saying, okay, what should I do now with my equity allocation? I want to stay invested which is, again, you know, part of, I would say, one of the key, you know, kind of uh, philosophical things from Gateway, right? We, we believe long-term investors need to maintain an equity allocation. Um, but part of that and seeking out real long-term returns, you're going to have bouts of volatility. Um, so we're seeing investors kind of realize that and, and come to us to say, hey, describe your strategy to me and, and how you're, you're able to provide protection. Um, the other side of that new investor conversation is either fixed income or cash related. Investors that may feel as though they missed the equity rally or missed something, um, you know, and that could be the fixed income investor. The cash holding investor right now is maybe not in a terrible spot because, you know, the high yield savings account is offering a, a nice healthy yield or return for investors. Um, but they may be saying, hey, I want to tiptoe back into the equity side without going full into it. Um, that's really where Gateway can provide a nice solution. It's a bit of, bit of FOMO maybe creeping in for some of those that have been uh, parked in, in short end yields while the market's been rallying all year. Yeah, you know, we, we wrote about, um, you know, there's any different market dynamics this year that are interesting, certainly on the yield side and Fed policy side, volatility side. Um, on the equity side, we wrote about it a couple times, maybe a few months ago, just the, the kind of depth and the breadth of the rally that we saw, you know, NVIDIA being up 200%, I think it even is still now, um, you know, what would cause this equity market to have the next leg up or, you know, kind of where and how does that look and feel? So, um, yeah, the, the FOMO aspect is, is very real right now for investors. Well, to stay on that theme of FOMO, but maybe inching back into the market, do you have any thoughts on Gateway as a risk mitigation tool within mainly equity portfolios? And I would say specifically, I'm curious to hear about relative to fixed income, because it's been clearly a much more effective way to hedge equity risk downside equity risk than fixed income this year. 
Yeah, you know, that, that's a really good question. Uh, and there's certainly been a lot of media coverage on kind of the 60-40 portfolio and is it broken or not, or, you know, not to get too far into is, is fixed income broken, but uh, the benefits are certainly different now than what they, they historically have been. Yeah, I think I mentioned it a minute ago, but if you think about the gateway fund um, and even equity call premium, you know, our two mutual funds, um, you know, we are defensive or hedged equity, right? And um, I, I, I a expectation or a profile that an investor should expect of the gateway fund should be potentially lower highs in an equity market that's rallying or you know kind of moving up strong because we're writing calls on our portfolio they're typically 50 delta call options which means you're you know you're giving up some of that upside to generate cash flow and to have other benefits for your investors um, but the expectation should also be lower lows or you know a protection buffer on the downside um, a lot of investors like to talk about you know we'll say standard periods of performance whether it's a month or a quarter or a year we also like to highlight some of the peak to trough and trough to peak periods as well because that's really where our strategy can shine and, and perform best um, if you think about the two kind of peak to trough periods we've had this year the first one was february 2nd to march 13th um, this was kind of the little mini banking crisis that we had with Silicon Valley Bank in the U.S. The S&P 500 was down about 7.5%, and the Gateway Fund was down only uh, about 26 or 2.7%. So we protected by about 480 basis points during that drawdown period. Uh, the second one that we're having now, and today is October 24th, as we're recording right now, um, from July 31st through yesterday has been kind of the second peak to trough period that the, the S&P 500 has experienced. Uh, the S&P is down about 7.8%, and our gateway fund is only down about 3.1%. So, you know, currently protecting by a little over 460 basis points. This is where, you know, we say, hey, we're, we're passive on the equity side. We're writing calls to generate cash flow, using a little bit of that cash that we generate to purchase puts. Um, we're a cash flow positive strategy. And I think that's a really important differentiating factor for us. It's not a costless collar. It's not kind of a set it and forget it aspect. Um, we're able to generate positive cash flow for our investors, which can act as that nice you know, first line of defense or buffer in a market that's trending down. So I think part of the reason why those peak the trough drawdown numbers are so good. And part of the reason why there was record first half performance and a strong third quarter on a relative basis is because there's been a pretty beneficial macro environment, just in terms of the amount of tailwinds that are helping out the strategy. There's been elevated rates, elevated inflation, elevated volatility. Um, when you think about those tailwinds moving forward, and for example, a lot of people think the last rate hike was the last of the cycle, and now rates are going to start coming down. Is that going to be now a headwind for the strategy? Can you talk about the potential for those tailwinds to stick around? And on the rate side, I think it'd be especially interesting to hear about kind of the difference between the end of a hiking cycle compared to a return to pre-COVID monetary policy. Yeah, uh, you know, so you define this as macro. I'm going to define it as maybe the raw materials that go into our strategy. Um, you know, maybe just a different way to say the same thing. Um, you know, like I, I mentioned, so we're passive on the equity side. You know, we're trying to just maintain the look and feel of the S&P 500 and not necessarily outperform or you know, hopefully not underperform. Um, so we are derivative 
experts, we feel, and that's where our expertise lies. So now if you think about the, again, those kind of raw materials that go into derivative pricing, it's the, you know, the level of the S&P 500, because we're trading in index-based options. It's the absolute level of interest rates, and it's the absolute level of volatility. So if we kind of break those two down, um, you know, obviously interest rates is, have been something that a lot of investors are staring at, and it's Fed policy and, and rhetoric even just that, that's coming out of um, the Federal Reserve. We would argue that we're in much more of a normal rate environment today, and we have the ability to stay at these levels for an extended period of time um, compared to the norm, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes over here, the norm being what that recency bias that a lot of investors have, which is pre-COVID, um, that kind of zero or close to zero interest rate policy. When we study the three-month T-bill, for example, going back to the 1950s, the average rate is around 42 4.3%. Right, so today the the, the T bill is around five point three percent, so a little bit higher compared to the long term average, but certainly much more in line compared to zero. Again, the quantitative easing era. Um, now these rates, when you think about just kind of the the pricing models for options, uh, uh, interest rates away from zero have a, a nice impact on the the premium that options are going to demand. And as we're sellers of volatility, sellers of trying to monetize the volatility risk premium or the difference between implied and realized volatility, um, higher interest rates mean higher premiums that we're able to harvest for our investors. The second component um, is volatility, right? Now, just again, to kind of quote some numbers to lay the groundwork, the VIX has an inception going back to the beginning of 1990. From there through today or through yesterday, even the long-term average is around 19.6. The average for this year is around 18.5, and you know through this morning we were at around 19.3. So really, right in line with long-term averages again. Compare this to quantitative easing, right? We had prolonged periods of time where the VIX, as a measure of volatility, was 10, 11, and 12. Right. So even earlier this year and during the summer months of this year where we had kind of, you know, a 13 or a 14 handle, um, that's still 30 and 40 percent higher than that long term or that the quantitative easing era. So we're, while we've you know, even now returned back to this, these long term averages, um, you know, we think we're in a much more normal environment. And then to your kind of question, you know, maybe what does this look like going forward? Um, you know, while Gateway is not in the business of making macro calls or, or predicting what the future looks like, and God, if we had a crystal ball, we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> um, we think, again, these normal conditions are, are potential, have the, I think, a, a greater potential or greater probability to stick around than not. You look at unfortunately, kind of geopolitical issues that are going on right now. Um, there's a, a, a an election in the U.S. and, you know, issues that Congress is having, things like that. On the consumer side, something we look at and talk about a lot, there's a lot to unravel there, right? Consumer spending is still up, maybe quizzical to a lot of investors, but, in, you know, consumers are still spending. Um, the student loan debt repayment has clicked back in, although just brand new. So it's, you know, still relatively new and recent. Um, and then, you know, any, any other number of, of things. So if you think about, again, the raw materials or those macro factors that go into our strategy and why we think they're going to be around for a while, it's the absolute level of interest rates and the absolute level of volatility that are just in really healthy environments right now.
Yep, definitely many things that are contributing to elevated volatility, whether it's uh, economic growth, geopolitical risks, tightening financial conditions from rising rates, inverted yield curves that are uninverting with uh, longer end yields pushing higher. Um, I know Gateway does a bunch of research that is public on your website. Can you tell us about any of your recent research pieces, thought pieces that you're either working on, just published, um, that again are public for people to go and see? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so our website is gia.com, um, Gateway Investment Advisors as the firm name. Uh, and up there, like you mentioned, Luke, so you know, typically we think our expertise is on the derivative side. Um, typically what we write about are the, the interest rate environments and the, the volatility environments. And again, those kind of raw materials that go into our strategy. Um, we write you know, monthly commentaries and, and volatility briefings and you know, kind of a few different things for investors to hopefully use as, as resources with their clients. Um, most recently, uh, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we've been talking a lot about selling volatility compared to shorting volatility. And there's a big distinction there. You know, one has leverage and one has a significant risk profile, whereas the other, selling volatility, um, in particular, you know, we talk about we're not naked selling calls. We're, we're secured call writing because we have a portfolio of stocks that back that up. Um, and to again, to generate cash flow, to be a cash flow positive strategy for our investors. Um, so we explore that idea a little bit. Um, and then most recently on the kind of volatility side, we talk about, uh, like you just mentioned, those the kind of curves that are out there right now. And while the fixed income curves are inverted and have been inverted for 200 and 300 days, depending on which one you're looking at. Um, the VIX curve or the volatility curve has also inverted, but just kind of very, very short-lived, right? So we're kind of looking at what the predictive power of that is, or both of those inversions are, you know, in particular on the fixed income side, as a lot of people know, you know, typically an inversion is a sign of a potential recession coming. The yield curves in the U.S. have been inverted again for kind of 200 and 300 days each, whether it's you know threes and tens, twos and twenties, whatever you're kind of looking at, um, which, to some measure, are the longest inversions that the, that we've seen in decades, going back 50 and 60 years. Um, but it's tough to do an apples to apples comparison because this you know we haven't experienced this before. Meaning this, or when I say this, Fed policy. Right, the Fed rose rates so significantly in such a short amount of time. Um, there's a lot that is left to be digested. So uh, there, you know, there's some interesting topics to explore. Well, I would definitely encourage listeners to go check out Gateway's website. The research that they're putting out monthly is incredibly interesting. It's awesome stuff. Uh, Joe, that was a great conversation, though. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. Yeah, Luke, thanks for having me. I always appreciate our conversations. To our listeners, we appreciate your continued support and interest in the Gateway Strategies. For more information on the funds, reach out to your Natixis sales representative or visit im.natixis.com. Important information. Average annualized total returns for Gateway Fund Class Y as of September 30th, 2023. Three month, negative 1.48. Year to date, 9.63. One year, 14.83. Three years, 4.68. Five years, 3.5. Ten years, 4.6. Average annualized total returns for Gateway Fund Class A at NAV as of September 30th, 2023. Three month, negative 1.54. Year to date, 9.45. One year, 14.56. Three years, 4.43. Five years, 3.26. Ten years, 4.35. Average 
average annualized total returns for Gateway Fund Class A with 5.75% maximum sales charges of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 7.19, year to date, 3.16, 1 year, 7.97, 3 years, 2.39, 5 years, 2.04, 10 years, 3.73, average annualized total returns for the S&P 500 indexes of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 3.27, year to date, 13.07, 1 year, 21.62, 3 years, 10.15, 5 years, 9.92, 10 years, 11.91, average annualized total returns for the Bloomberg US, aggregate bond indexes of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 3.23, year to date, negative 1.21, 1 year, 0.64, 3 years, negative 5.21, 5 years, 0.10, 10 years, 1.13, the Gateway Fund began operations in 1977 and changed its investment strategy to the current strategy in 1988, average annualized total returns for Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund Class Y as of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 1.31, year to date, 11, 1 year, 19.59, 3 years, 8.57, 5 years, 6.01, life of class September 30th, 2014, 6.55, average annualized total returns for Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund Class A at NAV as of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 1.32, year to date, 10.86, 1 year, 19.35, 3 years, 8.30, 5 years, 5.76, life of class September 30th, 2014, 6.29, average annualized total returns for Gateway Equity Call Premium Fund Class A with 5.75% maximum sales charges of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 7.01, year to date, 4.49, 1 year, 12.48, 3 years, 6.18, 5 years, 4.51, life of class September 30th, 2014, 5.59, average annualized total returns for the CBOE S&P 500 by right index, BXMSM, as of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 2.84, year to date, 7.33, 1 year, 14.62, 3 years, 7.22, 5 years, 2.83, life of class September 30th, 2014, 4.99, average annualized total returns for the S&P 500 indexes of September 30th, 2023, 3 month, negative 3.27, year to date, 13.07, 1 year, 21.62, 3 years, 10.15, 5 years, 9.92, life of class September 30th, 2014, 11.04, performance data listed represents past performance and is no guarantee of, and not necessarily indicative of, future results, total return and value will vary, and you may have a gain or loss when shares are sold, current performance may be lower or higher than quoted. For most recent month-end performance, visit im.natixis.com. Performance for other share classes will be greater or less based on differences in fees and sales charges. Performance for periods less than one year is cumulative, not annualized. Returns reflect changes in share price and reinvestment of dividends and capital gains, if any. Gateway fund gross expense ratio 0.71%. Class Y share, 0.96%. Class A share, net expense ratio 0.70%. Class Y share, 0.94%. Class A share. This arrangement is set to expire on April 30, 2024. Gateway equity call pre Premium gross expense ratio 0.91%, class Y share, 1.16%, class A share, net expense ratio 0.68%, class Y share, 0.93%, class A share, as of the most recent prospectus, the investment advisor has contractually agreed to waive fees and or reimburse expenses once the expense cap of the fund has been exceeded. This arrangement is set to expire on April 30, 2024, when an expense cap has not been exceeded. The gross and net expense ratios may be the same. Prior to the inception of Gateway Fund Class Y shares, February 19, 2008, performance is that of the predecessor fund and reflects the higher net expenses of that share class. Not all share classes available for purchase by all investors. Class Y shares are available to institutional investors with a minimum initial investment of $100,000 and through certain wrap fee programs, retirement plans, and investment advisory accounts with no minimum. See prospectus for more details. Performance shown for Gateway Fund Class A shares prior to February 15, 
2008 is that of the predecessor fund restated to reflect the sales loads of Class A shares. Gateway fund risks all investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Diversification does not guarantee a profit or protect against a loss. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. Equity securities are volatile and can decline significantly in response to broad market and economic conditions. Options may be used for hedging purposes, but also entail risks related to liquidity, market conditions and credit that may increase volatility. The value of the fund's positions in options may fluctuate in response to changes in the value of the underlying asset. Selling call options may limit returns in a rising market. Definitions of terms used in this material. Beta is calculated for the three-year period and represents the risk associated with the fund relative to market risks. For example, the market has a beta of 1.00, so if a fund has a beta of 0.85, it can be expected to be 15% less volatile than the overall market. Conversely, if a fund has a beta of 1.08, it can be expected to be 8% more volatile than the overall market. Bloomberg US. Aggregate bond index is an unmanaged index that covers the US. Dollar denominated. Investment grade. Fixed rate. Taxable bond market of SEC registered securities. The index includes bonds from the treasury, government-related, corporate, mortgage-backed securities, asset-backed securities, and collateralized mortgage-backed securities sectors. You may not invest directly in an index. Congressional Budget Office, CBO, is a federal agency within the legislative branch of the United States government that provides budget and economic information to Congress. Quo Volatility Index, VIX, is a key measure of market expectations of near-term volatility conveyed by S&P 500 stock index option prices. The Quo Volatility Index, VIX, reflects a market estimate of future volatility, based on the weighted average of the implied volatilities for a wide range of strikes. First and second month expirations are used until eight days from expiration. Then the second and third are used. CBOE S&P 500 Buy Right Index, BXMSM, is a benchmark index designed to track the performance of a hypothetical buy right strategy on the S&P 500 index. The SPX call is held until expiration and cash settled, at which time a new one month, near the money call is written. Correlation is a statistical measure of how two securities move in relation to each other. Correlation is measured on a scale from plus 1.00 to minus 1.00 where 1.00 is perfect positive correlation. 0.00 indicates no relationship, and minus 1.00 is mirror opposite performance. Credit spread is the difference in yield between two bonds of similar maturity but different credit quality. Drawdown is a period of peak to valley performance for a series of investment returns, regardless of whether the drawdown consisted of consecutive months of negative performance. Futures are agreements to buy or sell a particular commodity or security at a predetermined price in the future. Index option, European style expiration, cash settled and exchange traded, an option contract on an index, e.g., S&P 500, in which the buyer, owner, pays a cash premium up front to the seller, writer, of the option. If at expiration, the option contract is in the money, the seller pays the owner cash in the amount of the difference between the option strike price and the current value of the index. Otherwise, the option expires worthless for the buyer and the seller keeps the full premium received up front. The writer of an option is paid a cash premium for taking on the risk associated with the option obligation to pay if the option expires in the money. Listed index options contracts can be closed or traded prior to expiration date, but not exercised. Long-only equity is a feature or policy of many mutual funds. It refers to a policy of only holding long positions in assets and securities. P2B, trailing, ratio is the weighted harmonic average of the price to book. P2B ratios of all the stocks in the portfolio. P2B ratio is the ratio of a stock's price to its book value per share. This excludes negative earnings. P2E, trailing, ratio is the weighted harmonic average of the price to earnings. P2E ratios of all the stocks in the portfolio. P2E ratio is the ratio of a stock's price to its earnings per share for the trailing 12 months. Does not include options. This excludes negative earnings. Peak to trough is the phase of the business cycle from the end of a period of growth. Peak, into declining activity and contraction until it hits its ultimate cyclical bottom. Trough, the business cycle is a repetitive succession of changes in economic activity comprised of four distinct phases. Expansion, recovery, peak, contraction, decline, and trough. Risk-adjusted return defines an investment's return by measuring how much risk is involved in producing that return, which is generally expressed as a number or rating. Risk-adjusted returns are applied to individual securities, investment funds and portfolios. R-squared is calculated for the three-year period and represents the percentage of the fund's movements that can be explained by the movements of the market. For example, index funds will tend to have R-squared values very close to 100. Standard deviation measures the risk of a portfolio or market. Beta, R-squared and standard deviation are calculated on a monthly basis for the three-year annualized period as of the most recent quarter end. Sharpe ratio is a measure of risk-adjusted return, calculated by dividing an investment's excess return over a riskless asset, such as the three-month T-bill by its standard deviation of returns. The higher the Sharpe ratio, 
ratio, the better the historical risk-adjusted performance. S&P 500 index is a widely recognized measure of U.S. stock market performance. It is an unmanaged index of 500 common stocks chosen for market size, liquidity, and industry group representation, among other factors. You may not invest directly in an index. Standard deviation is a statistical measure that sheds light on historical volatility. TINA is an abbreviation for there is no alternative. Volatility is the range of variation in the value of a security. Volatility management techniques may result in periods of loss and underperformance, may limit the fund's ability to participate in rising markets and may increase transaction costs. Weighted average moneyness is how much an option contract strike prices in the money, ITM or out of the money. OTM expressed as a percentage of the price of the option contract's underlying asset. Weighted average days to expiration is the weighted average time until the expiration date of the options. Weighted average call premium to earn is the weighted average potential cash flow to be earned from written call options measured as a percentage of stock assets. Yield curve is a curve that shows the relationship among bond yields across the maturity spectrum. Yield curve inversion is when the interest rate environment in which long-term debt instruments have a lower yield and short-term debt instruments. The index information contained herein is derived from third parties and is provided on an as-is basis. You may not invest directly in an index. The user of this information assumes the entire risk of use of this information. Each of the third-party entities involved in compiling, computing or creating index information disclaims all warranties, including, without limitation, any warranties of originality, accuracy, completeness, timeliness, non-infringement, mercantility and fitness for a particular purpose. With respect to such information, this material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed are as of October, 2023 and may change based on market and other conditions. The index information contained herein is derived from third parties and is provided on an as-is basis. The user of this information assumes the entire risk of use of this information. Each of the third-party entities involved in compiling, computing or creating index information disclaims all warranties, including, without limitation, any warranties of originality, accuracy, completeness, timeliness, non-infringement, mercantility and fitness for a particular purpose. With respect to such information, before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit im.natixis.com or call 800-225-5478 for a prospectus or a summary prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully. Natixis Distribution, LLC is a limited-purpose broker-dealer and the distributor of various registered investment companies for which advisory services are provided by affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers. POD 135, September, 2023, at Trax, 2377676, 231, expiration date, January 31, 2024.